0: This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 29. Speaking of the number 29, did you know that 29 is the 10th prime number and that it's also the sum of three consecutive squares? The square of two plus the square of three plus the square of four equals 29? I don't think you give a damn. You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast small steps for big progress progress. with your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your, Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for turning into this episode of the show today. I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, today is the second installment of the new format that I mentioned last time around last Friday, which was that we are going to be shifting to a once weekly interview Format as well as a once weekly solo show format where I go over with you a couple of strategies or ideas that I have fitting the specific topics that I like to hit on with the Small Moves podcast. Those five areas that I like to hit on being health, personal finance, income, relationships and hobbies and personal interests. Those five areas are the ones that I like to try and hit on on a regular basis that I wasn't initially with the show and the interviews that I was getting into. I was getting phenomenal interviews, but I wasn't hitting all five of those topics with as much regularity as I would have liked to have seen. So that's what I'm going to be using these Friday shows to do. Last week was my first show using this format and we touched on the topic of health where I detailed to you a service called Once a month meals that my wife and I use that has been absolutely amazing for our cooking. Um, but today, different topic. I'm going to be rotating through the five areas to make sure that I hit them all. Today's topic area is personal finance. And what I'd like to talk about with regards to personal finance is somewhat varied, but all it'll all sort of culminate if you give it a couple of minutes. Personal finance, as I describe it, is the management of assets that you currently own. These could be dollar value assets like investment accounts, retirement accounts, savings, your checkbook, etc. It could also be other Valuable assets that don't necessarily have the liquidity of the other ones that I just mentioned. This could be real estate. this could be equity in businesses that you own things along those lines. So one of the what I'd like to talk about, something that fits very nicely, I think, within the small moves model, is that Managing your personal finances is, generally speaking, one of the most stressful things that most of us do on a regular basis. I know it's something that gets to me on a relatively regular basis just because I like to overthink things, and I'm not really sure that I'm alone in that category. But what I would say is something that I started implementing for myself probably about a year and a half ago in this area, and it has been – An amazing relief for me is not so much a product, but more of a strategy or mindset, I should say. And basically, that concept is what's called just-in-time learning. I came across the concept of just-in-time learning from Pat Flynn, the founder of the Smart Passive Income blog, podcast, etc. And he got it from a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Franzen. The concept of just-in-time learning is simply this. We all tend to try to get better at things. that That's what Small Moves is about. That's what I'm about. That's what a lot of people that I know, we're always trying to get better at something, but – The problem with constantly trying to get better at things is sometimes we try to be a little overzealous and we end up consuming more information than we could possibly end up implementing in our lives. This is very common in the personal finance category of our lives, you know, where, you know, if we're working at an office job or we're running a small business, meanwhile, we're spending in some cases hours every week studying the financial markets studying individual stocks that we might be interested in buying or selling or you know double checking the advice that we're getting from people that do those types of things for a living because for some reason, we think we're better at it than they are. And, you know, the the bottom line is, you know, everybody has an opinion when it comes to what you should be doing with your money and what is the best things that you should be doing with your money. And we, if when I say we, I mean people that don't move massive amounts of capital on a day-to-day basis, investing in large swaths of the stock market, think Warren Buffett, other hedge funds, etc. If you're not one of these people, you're not going to beat them. You're not going to beat the market. This is what these people do for a living. These people invest hundreds of millions of dollars in fiber optic cable so that they can make trades in Europe. Fractions of a second faster than their competitors can these aren't people that are that you're set up to beat so if you keep trying you're going to lose every time sorry to be a downer but generally speaking you're going to lose every time but if you're and also and if you're not doing this for a living you're going to be spending an enormous amount of your free time your productive hours. Learning things that you're never really going to be able to take advantage of. It might be interesting stuff to know. And if that's the perspective that you're coming at it from have at it, that's great. I mean, if you're the type of person that loves just researching the market, the history of the market and just sort of looking at it as a human behavior experiment or the the study of human history, have at it. I think that's fabulous. I think that's really, really interesting. But if you're sitting there trying to figure out what to do with, you know, your $50,000 IRA or your $200,000 401k that you've been building on for 30 years, you know, I would say, quite frankly, there are much better places for you to put your time. If you're not a PhD in economics or you don't work for the Federal Reserve, quit trying to balance your checkbook. It's not something that you're probably doing correctly anyway. Um, If you're under the age of probably 50 today, you probably were never taught how to do so and you're probably doing it wrong anyway. And frankly, the tools that are available to automatically Balance and budget your checking account that are available for free through the online banking system of almost every major bank in the country right now does, frankly, a better job at balancing your checkbook than you probably do. And it doesn't take as much time to do it, and it's free. Let the free systems do their job and free your mind up to do the things that I think are more valuable to you. I might be wrong, but I think that, just speaking from personal experience, when I started getting a little bit more money to play around with, I was kicking around the idea of working with a financial advisor, but I was raised by a mother who disdained people in that field. I do apologize for people that are listening that are in that field, but I was raised by a mother that disdains professionals in that industry because she always thought that she could do better than they did. And frankly, my mother was generally speaking pretty spot on with that opinion. She was very good as a stock market investor before she passed away. Um, In the grand scheme of things, she was very good at that. Now, that being said, I've invested in, I've invested using financial advisors before. I have invested on my own. Um, I always do tragically when I do it on my own. I always do about the market average, maybe a smidgen above or a smidgen below the market average when I do work with a professional. So what I decided to do about a year and a half ago when this idea of just-in-time learning hit me was I just said, screw it, and I divested everything and put everything into a robo-advisor service called Wealthfront. I'm not necessarily endorsing Wealthfront. I think they're amazing. They've been amazing for me. But they're not a sponsor of the show. I'm not specifically endorsing them. There are other options. Vanguard has a version of it. Betterment has a version of it. And they are heavily sponsoring a lot of podcasts these days. So you can probably find information about them if you listen to a bunch of other shows. But there's a lot of options that are out there that are mind-numbingly simple, fully automatic, and that don't require your input really on anything after account setup. That's the type of investing that has worked magically for me. And oh, by the way, the market performance has turned out to be fantastic. Now, the overall market performance over that time has also ended up being fantastic. So is that them or is that the general market? I don't know. But similar to my perspective about chiropractic that I mentioned back in episode five, is my investment portfolio doing well because – The robo-advisor is doing well, or is it doing well because the market is doing well? Personal opinion, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. All I know is that I'm not thinking about what stocks to buy and sell every day for hours a day, because that's how my brain works. And that was something that I was trying to do when I was initially starting to do stuff. I was working with a financial advisor. I was investing on my own. When it came out, I started to use a system from a company called Motif Investing, which is something that's out of Silicon Valley. And that is a very interesting concept where you effectively build your own mutual fund is basically the easy description that I can give for you. And you pick up a batch of up to 30 stocks and you can pick pre-chosen ones or you can build them on your own and you can set the percentages of the total holdings. And it was interesting. It was amazing. And for someone with a scatterbrain ADD mindset like myself, it was so intoxicating that I spent so much time trying to figure out how to make it work and what the best strategy was and which is the best motifs to invest in. Should I use a prefixed one that they produce? Should I make one up on my own? What sectors should I look at? I spent so much goddamn time with my – with that platform, which is fine for some people. But for me, it was incredibly, incredibly distracting. And frankly, I had that account set up at the same time that I had my Wealthfront account. And my Wealthfront account was always, always, always outperforming my motif work. So maybe I just suck at it. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that the stress involved with those ch- those choices were, ma- were causing me to make bad decisions. I don't know. All I know was the one that was mind-numbingly simple that I didn't track on a daily basis that came out of my accounts automatically that got invested and flipped and churned all automatically was the account that I never looked at, I never thought about, and, oh, by the way, always ended up doing better. The same thing happens with my savings. Once I stopped trying to proactively set up a system for savings where I would actively look at my income for each week, keep in mind I'm self-employed, so my income varies from week to week. So I would look at my income for each week. I would come up with a certain percentage or certain amounts that I want to earmark to different accounts, and I would set those amounts each week and I would transfer them each week and oh my God, it was just, it was the biggest pain in the butt. But once I started setting up my online savings accounts, earmarking each of them to specific goals, setting a specific dollar amount, minimal dollar amount for each week, regardless of income, and then just closing my eyes and letting it do its thing No surprise, I've accumulated more in those accounts over the roughly year that I've been doing that than I had in the previous couple of years, and it's not necessarily because my income has skyrocketed over that time. It hasn't. It's stayed relatively stagnant. So it's not necessarily because of that. So the bottom line is when you're learning something or when you're trying to accomplish something, Taking the easiest route, unlike other areas of your life, namely relationships, the easiest route is generally the best option, especially for non-professionals in the investment sector. If you're a guy working in a cubicle, stop thinking about your IRA. Just stroke the check once a month into that account and don't think about it. Make sure that you have something set up so that this is happening automatically, Don't worry about balancing your checkbook. Use the tools that are available on your online banking. It's quicker, it's better, and it's a lot prettier because it's got colors and charts and graphs and all the wonderful things that are designed to keep us on their websites and make us and allow us to never leave. But the bottom line is keep things simple. When you're learning, keep things simple, just in time learning. When you're trying to learn about Something in this particular area, personal finance, learn about what you're actively trying to decide on right then and discard the rest. If it's time to re-up your 401k because your employer made a change and now you have different options, spend a little bit of time reviewing those options, running them past a professional if you're lucky enough to have one in your life nearby. But make your choice. And then shut it down and then stop thinking about it for the next year. Just move on to the other things in your life that you want to be spending time with. Best advice that I can give you in the area of personal finance is to not think so much about personal finance. The more I think about it, the worse it becomes for me. And that is a hard fact for me to acknowledge. And that's something that I always thought was untrue or completely counter to any true reality. I was lying to myself. I need to keep things simple. That's what works best for me. And from people that I've talked to over the last few years, that seems to be what works most for people that I talk to as well. The simpler option is always the best. One last example for that is Tim Ferriss, the author of The 4-Hour Workweek and the subsequent books after that. Um, he made it to one of the Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings, of, and that's Warren Buffett's company if you're unfamiliar. Something that Warren Buffett and his partner Charlie Munger used to do that my understanding is that they don't do anymore. But something that they did was they'd open up this conference center to questions from the audience, and Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger would answer questions from the audience. And Tim Ferriss was lucky enough to grab a mic and get a question asked to Charlie Munger. And his question was very simple If you were a 25 year old or 20 year something old professional in the tech sector, and you had over $100,000 in assets, which Tim Ferriss had at the time due to his book launch. What would you do with that $100,000 if you were this 20-somethings with a little over $100,000 in assets? Charlie Munger looked over at Warren Buffett and then looked back up to the microphone where Tim Ferriss was standing and said, take the $100,000, put it in the S&P 500 and get back to work. Best. Short answer to that question that I could ever imagine hearing and incredibly disappointing answer to uh, Tim Ferriss, who was hoping for a little bit more information than that. But you know what? These two guys are the most and most successful investors probably that this world has ever seen as a pair. And I trust their judgment. Keep it simple. Put the money in the S&P 500 and get back to work. Just in time learning. If you're looking for something to do with your money, or if you're looking for something to do with your savings, look at one option at a time, spend some time looking at it, make a very simple decision, and then walk away. Let it go. Speaking of let it go, that's all I've got for this week of the Small Moves Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really hoping that you're enjoying this new format. I know I am. Let me know what you think about this new format at smallmoves.co forward slash community. That will take you to the community Facebook page or you can hit me up on Twitter at Jason Hertzberger. That's at Jason Hertzberger on Twitter. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast and I will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. You've got this.